0: the Bay City Beacons local politics podcast. Hey yo! I'm Diego. I'm Jay. And today we are going to talk about pedestrian and cycling safety in oh, san francisco's yes.
1: dangerous dangerous streets yes will I'm, we ever achieve vision zero um i'm not gonna i normally would make a like a fun joke at this time but, but i'm it, not gonna make a joke because it's actually very sad and very serious yeah. so i'm gonna let the somber moment like yeah hold um yeah. we are
0: also going to talk about um the new proposed navigation center 200 shelter beds in the embarcadero um and the NIMBY clusterfuck that yeah. has ar- 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 ar-
1: ar- arisen? Is
0: any neighborhood ever going to be okay with a homeless shelter? No. And should the city give a fuck what they think? No. Also, no. Um, we also Podcast over. <laughs> we also um, um, want to recognize uh, the passing of a friend of the paper, Ron Newt, um, who's a legendary gangster pimp and cannabis entrepreneur with just the most unbelievable life story story. Um, i've ever heard um we did a, a story on his effort to get a, an equity cannabis permit under the office of cannabis's equity program and um in doing so discovered that you know he was michael jackson's second cousin and had like just like basically was a drug kingpin running the whole state for a while and like escaped from jail just like all this crazy shit um and so yeah he was 69 and um totally reformed and had a, a lovely family. Um, and, Shout outs and yeah,
1: dots and prayers to uh, Ron Newt and his
0: family. Rest in power to Ron Newt and the Neutrons. Um, there will be a funeral within the next couple of weeks, I'm told. Um, so stay tuned for uh, an obituary and more information on that. Um, uh, this podcast episode is, is laden with commemorations for the dearly departed. Uh, we also recognize um, Tess Rothstein, Um, who tragically passed on Howard Street and um, struck by a truck while she was cycling. Um, And her death has spurred um, even more action to uh, protect cyclists and pedestrians from uh, the deadly public health crisis that is cars on our streets.
1: That's right. We want to give a shout-out and thoughts and prayers to Tess Rothstein. And her family and loved ones. Mm -hmm. Um, It really was a a, a tragic death, Mm -hmm. and um, I think that it's so it's it's so visceral and so brutal, and Mm -hmm. it's kind of caught the attention in 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 so many ways that other traffic fatalities have not. That's right. uh, That it's spurred action that we haven't seen before. I mean, even the SF Chronicle was reporting that SFMTA is is taking steps to build in a bike lane on that on that That's right. block that they're moving faster than any department That's right. has ever seen.
0: She passed, um, her, her, she was struck by this, uh, delivery truck driver, um, that she, she, she swerved to avoid a car door opening and then, um, delivery truck driver hit her. Um, it was one block away from where the Howard street bike lane starts. Um, so, um, yeah, this this has really been surprising, in how how quickly people have have reacted. You know, Supervisor Matt Haney has said that the bike lane will be extended by next month. It's faster than than um, than yeah than we've ever seen this happen. Um, I remember in 2016, um, uh, you know, two cyclists were killed on the same day, one in Golden Gate Park and another in the Tenderloin. That's right. Um, and for months. Um, Bike activists were furious with Mayor Ed Lee for not immediately um, having protected space for cyclists on you know this very dangerous, almost forty mile an hour highway uh, going
1: into Golden Gate Park, for example. That's right. Um, It is so. I mean, just to say for a second, like we also didn't see that kind of media outcry necessarily around that fatality that we are seeing here, Um, and then there's also a. traffic fatality we talked about this before on the Embarcadero. that's the, right with a pedicab driver rider. that's right and um although we did see some media outcry about that but it kind of pales in comparison to what what we're seeing here that's right um
0: and it took a people protected bike lane demonstration during the mayoral election to get su- then supervisor jane kim to fast track a bike lane project on townsend um and, you know, just in the news today, um, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser was disc- was talking about how street safety is really also an equity issue. Um, you know, our all of our cities are essentially um, dealing with a legacy of segregation and have not really desegregated. Um, but she's talking about how um, the majority of um, pedestrian injuries and fatalities occur on streets in the southeastern corner of D.C., which is majority black. Um, where oftentimes there are no sidewalks, um, so I think you see that in in San Francisco as well. Um, if you take a look at uh, at um, uh, Vision Zero San Francisco's um, map of high injury corridors uh, or the high injury network um, as of two thousand seventeen, um, pulling from data from the Department of Public Health, um, you look at this map and it, uh, essentially seven, uh, s- sorry, seventy percent of uh, street injuries, um, whether it's you know car and car collisions, car and bike, car and pedestrian, it, you know any of these things happening on our streets. Seventy um, percent of them happen on twelve percent of the city's street surfaces. Oh wow! Okay. Um, but if you look at the map, um, which I'll turn and show you here, right? Um, the tenderloin—it's like it's mostly almost
1: all of the northeastern section of the city.
0: Northeastern, and then um, you have Soma also. Um, and um and also major strips like Scissor Chavez, um Alamany down by
1: uh, as you get towards the Outer Mission in the Bayview. Um That's Third Street, yeah. You can see Third Street's a corridor, you can see Geary that a major corridor. Yeah. That has a lot um, of accidents. Yeah, Geary is crashes.
0: Yeah, Geary and kind of Japantown and the outer Richmond is where you've seen a lot a lot of senior citizens getting hit by cars at crosswalks. Um, so, um, you know, it's, it's a big issue um, when you talk about, like, ADA compliance um, for the wheelchair bound, when you talk about senior citizens who can't drive. Um, it's, it's been a big issue in Berkeley as well. Um, the Berkeley City Council just this week adjourned in, uh, in memory of, of Zachary Cruz, who was, um, uh, who was killed by a driver 10 years ago um, at when a, a driver did a rolling stop at a crosswalk while he was walking oh with his teacher and classmates. He was six years old. Oh my god. He was killed by a driver oh ten years god. ago. Um, and and you know they they've made some streets safer um, but at this but you know but Berkeley still has these wide streets um, with minimal crossing right. safety measures like, um, and uh, school board member, Judy Appel was walking across MLK and Blake with her partner and was struck by, um, an 80 year old driver who couldn't see them at midnight oh, and they God. almost died and oh, they were in God. critical condition in the hospital for over a week.
1: So, I mean, this is a big deal all over the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, let me say that like I feel like a lot. Not me. I could be wrong about this, but you know, a lot of our infrastructure and even the ways we think about traffic in the, in San Francisco mm-hmm. treat San Francisco as if it was still um, a small to medium sized city. Yeah, we, we think about the city as almost like a uh, uh, you know, Senator Diane Feinstein likes to call it a Mediterranean city, right? Low lying. I know. Th- I said it yeah. literally because I knew it would piss you off. But right. low lying, kind of. Uh, "Quote unquote graceful, right? Uh, very low density, right? Right. And it's just not the city we live in anymore, it's, right? You know, especially if you look at the traffic map, right? It's parts of um, high density, high activity right. corridors, right? That we're talking about, right? Where people are literally slamming into each other because there's not enough space, right? And right, space right. is not uh, adequately, right?
0: You know appropriated in our streets i mean we've posted these maps numerous times of how much just how much space the city allots to to cars and for parking and to drivers and if if we if we think that, that you know each square foot in san francisco is an extremely valuable asset you know and these are public assets that we essentially give away for free especially every sunday we give away for free to private automobile drivers and then we don't make these conscious design efforts to slow them down, then, you know, this is a public health crisis. I mean, you know, um, over the past 10 years, um, pedestrian deaths and injuries nationwide have gone up, have almost gone back to 1990 levels. Um, uh, Matt Brazina pointed out to me the other day that um, uh, traffic deaths in the United States are roughly at the same number per year as gun deaths. So you know you see all this outcry over gun control, but righteously, right. yes right, right of course yeah but we but at the same time, we um, have this system set up to to sort of put cars right. above human life right And predictably human life is taking the toll for right. that. Right. So or when are we going to look at this and say, like, right. no, this is not right. correct? You know, Supervisor Hillary Ronan took a beating on Twitter. And, you know, I, I, it always sucks when it happens because, like, you know, Twitter is not like where right. you have not, really not a great place through, for like, policy,
1: to, you know.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean, she said, like, I'm committed to um, to fighting um, for um, private takeovers of public goods. And that's all she said. And uh, you know, because right. people have been talking about taxing Uber and Lyft, right? Um, people took that to mean you know, Uber and Lyft are the are the traffic safety problem. Right. Obviously, they're not, right? right? Obviously, you know, we give tons of space away for free to any car driver. It was a it was a truck driver who killed Seth Rothstein. So, I mean, I think a lot of the heat Supervisor Ronan took was unfair, even though like
1: was it though? I, I mean, she like literally prescribed the wrong public policy solution to a traffic fatality right but he looked at something and took the wrong took a completely up like the wrong direction right it was it.
0: so it was unfair not because her i mean because you know people kind of read into it probably correctly into what she was thinking but what you know what she said was correct this is because we give too much public space away for free to private interests
1: but being private car owners, private car owners, period, right? right.
0: You know, um, uh, there's a, a lot of attention gets paid in the in the climate policy space to to you know how are we going to subsidize electric vehicles? Um, so uh, I mean, even when we talk about the, the cataclysmic global crisis that that the auto industry is forcing on us, we're still Constrained into the space of imagination, where you think, "Well, how can we solve this by giving more money to cars?" Which is absolutely absurd. Um, So I just want to make a plug to like, if if you're really going to talk about public safety, like you have to go after the industry that has been leeching off the public sphere for so long. And you're not just talking about freeways; you're talking about like, jaywalking was invented to to sell cars cars. yeah Yeah. so that like you know if you wouldn't have to stop for every pedestrian then like cars feel like a better mode of transportation um so i mean that's that's my anti-car (laughs) pitch
1: this is your yeah this is your your right i mean i want to talk about what, what actually happened um in this fatality with Tess mm-hmm. uh, Rothstein, and and how that talks about how street space is mm-hmm. allocated. To your point about how yes. much how much space parked cars take. Yes. I mean, a parked car opened a car door. Yes. Taking away. Yes. Three feet from the street. Yes. That was allo- that Tess was riding on legally riding on. Yes. And thus forcing her to swerve into space that another that other vehicles were occupying. Correct. Thus killing her. Yes. Right? And so you can see a parked car. Right, took too, Literally, a parked car took too much space on a street, Correct. and then expanded its amount of space, Correct. pushing her into 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 a vehicle lane. And I think that goes to the, to our point when we say cars, even when, cars, even when they're not moving, yes, um, become hostile, yes, form hostile environments. Yes, um, it's interesting. Someone pointed out to me
0: in Japan, um, when you buy a car, in order to register your car, you have to have proof that you have reserved a private off street parking space. You cannot. Oh, that's fascinating. Right. You cannot buy a car without your own parking space. Um, meaning that in Japan, um, they don't kind of take free space for cars for granted. Right. Every car owner is responsible for its storage out of the public sphere of the street. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Yeah, opening car, opening car doors alone is such a safety risk for, for and I think that is why Uber and Lyft do come into this conversation, because, you you know, there, there's there been a lot of talk of, of, of how these companies can can use um, digital mapping technology to, to do geofencing for their drop-offs. Right, right. So we talk like, about loading
1: zones and drop-off zones. Right. So, right. so they want
0: to make it so that, like, you know, if you're a Lyft driver, um, you're not allowed to drop off a passenger in the bike lane. Currently, you know, any car just excuse me cuts into the bike lane, right? Right. And I mean, like, I don't know. I personally don't drive that much. Like, I take a rental car if I need to carry something heavy every now and then. Right. But like, if I if I didn't have another option, another clearly
1: visible, clearly marked option, like, I don't know why I wouldn't parking the bike lane to do that, right? Right. I mean, I think that... I mean, you've seen some of this. So if you go on the Lyft app and you're at 16th and Valencia, for instance, mm-hmm. you see that it, for that intersection, 16th and Valencia, they've marked off two specific drop-off points. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not allowed to request a car outside of those two specific drop-off points. Mm-hmm. And so you can see companies go in this direction. Mm-hmm. And it is a conversation where, where you get into this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's almost... That's literally seeing one tree for a forest mm-hmm. in this situation, sure, sure. right? Um, because the other issue is is delivery
0: zones for trucks, right? Soma is a former industrial area. It's it's rather new that there's all these office commuters and residents in Soma, but the streets have not adapted
1: for that. There's still these right. very narrow sidewalks right. Folsom and wide and, streets. And Howard are yeah. essentially highways going east to west across South of Market. Right. And Not um, surprisingly, they are high injury corridors. Right. The other thing is that you know there's kind of a uh, unanimous. Um, I don't want to say unanimous, but there's a decision when you look at box trucks or you look at large commercial vehicles, Mm -hmm. you can say, okay, well, yes, roads should be – I mean, these people should have vehicles. Large commercial vehicles are a necessity in a modern Mm -hmm. economy, et cetera, et cetera, right? And and our priority is one – Getting personal vehicles off the road, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. and two, slowing down the large commercial vehicles, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. and so there's kind of a reorientation here that there mm-hmm. some vehicles should be on the some vehicles should be on the road, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to make sure that they are there are more the ratio goes less of personal and more into the commercial side. Correct.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, it's going to take a big not just policy. It's not just a political lift, right? It's going to be. It's going to have to be a whole paradigm shift to not treating to not treating cars as innocent until proven guilty um in the allocation of of public space um it's gonna have to be like what is the uh, i mean to use it, frankly an economic term i'm not very comfortable with but in this case i am what is the highest and best use of a piece of land is that an economic
1: term i mean but more of <laughs> a planning term i guess okay but
0: um you know, but normally that's allotted to like, you know, yeah, uh, sure. plot of land off the street. But we yeah. need to think about the highest and best use of streets. Right. Because it you know, paving them is not free. Um uh but the like cars really only pay for less than a third of the cost of maintaining roads. Someone sent me this figure. Um I think I believe uh, climate policy consultant Matthew Lewis, um, someone who sent me the more specific numbers on this. So um You know, if you don't drive a car, if you've never driven a car, you're still paying out of your pocket for um, the majority of the cost of cars on your city. Now, you could argue, well, you know, like that's the cost of your economy moving around. But we see that that comes with serious downsides. Yeah. Um, And so I think um, uh, major props are due to Supervisor Matt Haney for, for speeding this along. Um, you know, he's, he's con- really continuing in the tradition of, of Jane Kim. Uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are not big fans of either of them. But frankly, um, I, I've uh, not seen much strong leadership on, on improving on speeding up safety improvements on our streets, um, uh, aside from Matt Haney and Jane Kim. Um, uh, speaking of Mahaney, we transitioned to our okay. second topic. Hard transition, which is a navigation center on Seawall Lot Three Hundred and Thirty. Yep. Proposed by Mayor London Breed, and um, and her various city departments that are laser focused on tackling the homeless crisis. Right. The
1: largest navigation center in the city. Yes. If
0: it was to be constructed. Yes. She's proposed two hundred shelter beds at this site with you know what they call wraparound services. Right. So sort of all encompassing medical and social services. Um, and the, you know, navigation centers are different because, um, you can bring your pets and they have storage space. It's not just like you have to leave your stuff out in the cold and you can't bring your dog and you just have a mattress and then you have to leave the next morning. Right. right. It's like you can stay there, you can bring all your stuff and like there's social support there. Right. So navigation centers are, are, have, you know, been a big part of mayor, former mayor Lee's and mayor London Breed's, um response to homelessness. Um, you know, the mayor's made it her goal to add a thousand shelter beds to the city um, by uh, the next year. Um, but, Rincon Hill and South Beach neighbors were pissed. Furious. Super pissed. Often saying, you know, that, uh, there, I, I'd say when there's a split in in how we can frame the different opposition comments. You know, there, there sure. was, there was what we call anecdata, right? Which is right. like, a homeless man urinated on my doorstep. Therefore, I don't want a homeless shelter. I mean, this is like totally right. incoherent, but, you know, from the heart, right. anecdotes. Right. And there was um, sort of frankly classist, racist comments like, this is an upscale neighborhood. You wouldn't put this here. Um, they implica- uh, Someone actually straight up said, like, there are more industrial and less residential right. parts of the city where this makes more sense, meaning more socially isolated, more economically segregated, less safe parts of the city where they want this instead. Um, Milo Trous, uh, brother of Haney's former opponent, Sonia Trous, um, said that he grew up uh, next to a treatment center in Philadelphia and that he turned out fine. Um, (laughs) And someone yelled, fuck you, at him. Wow. So, so, I don't know. You know, we're not debating so, on this so podcast to, whether to not the trust fight or not my letter turned out right. So there
1: was a community. So just take a step backwards, right? So this navigation center was proposed for Seawall Lot 330, mm-hmm. um, and there was a community meeting after the Port Commission hearing. After the Port Commission hearing right. on this on this navigation center on this Correct. navigation center proposal Correct. and. In the public comment of that community meeting is where we are seeing a lot of this opposition. Correct. Uh, come out. This NIMBY opposition. Correct. Which really bo- just boils down to the I mean the argument is that uh, the argument they have is that we don't want homeless people near us. Correct. Uh, and there's like and there's only two reasons around that. Mm. One, we we are wealthy and mm-hmm. we don't want homeless people to bring down our property values. Right. And two, we are scared. Scared of homeless people, right? Yes. Or or scared or disgusted or grossed out.
0: Uh, by Right. Homeless I mean, people in some in some behavior. cases, I think you know they were probably overgeneralized and and not fair, but they did seem to be you know visceral safety concerns, like you know I right. my son almost stepped on a syringe or like you know someone almost defecated on me. Right. Like okay, right. fair enough. Like, right. uh, but as as one as one of the rare supporters pointed out, like you need support services like this, you need big facilities like this if you want to see an end to this problem. Right. Like the the problems that people
1: have with homelessness
0: already in this neighborhood is because these shelters don't
1: exist. Right. Which I think is what what was really interesting about this whole debate is that, you know, going back to Mayor Ed Lee, who innovated this idea Mm -hmm. of the navigation Mm -hmm. center, this kind of wraparound, one-stop-shop navigation Mm -hmm. center. You know, he was praised nationally mm-hmm. for creating navigation centers mm-hmm. as, a, as a real solution to getting mm-hmm. people off the streets. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, across neighborhoods, we saw people say this is a great thing mm-hmm. until literally until it comes into their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And this idea that if I build a navigation center in my neighborhood, I will see more homeless people mm-hmm. uh, uh, on my streets mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Because mm-hmm. the whole purpose of the navigation center is to take people off the streets mm-hmm. and put them into Services, mm-hmm. Right? Services and shelter. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, ideally, the exact opposite would be true. That you would mm-hmm. see less people on your streets because a navigation center was built near you. Mm-hmm. And that the, the overall area would be safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: mean, I can share, you know, for, <laughs> while we're at personal anecdotes, right? Like, my apartment is kind of a mini navigation center, for better or for worse. Like, if you don't have these, like... It's the, the like your personal just, apartment? Like not no, not my not my okay. my apartment building. Uh, okay. Right? All right. I was like, are you taking in no no, 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 no. There's several homeless people who come and like get bottles out of our trash I every see. morning. Okay Every morning you hear their shopping carts yeah, 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 go by. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's there there's kind of like a weird back corner by the laundry room. Got it. Um, where there's a kind of like an awning, and sometimes you see like people taking shelter and, there. Yeah, yeah, people taking shelter yeah. there yeah. from the rain or whatever. Yeah. Like this is already yeah in your neighborhood. Right. <laughs> you know if you're even remotely near um, any social services right. or transit, which you are if you're near the Embarcadero. Right. This is already there, and so the question is like, is this going to work? Um, the evidence overwhelmingly seems to be yes. Right. Um, right. Uh, Kelly Cutler from the College Center on Homelessness pointed out that you know at a recent meeting about the Navigation Center that already opened up in the Mission, people were like, "Oh wow, this actually, like you know, I was skeptical at first, but this made our neighborhood better because you know now there aren't as many needles on the street, or you know now the people that that used to be like you know having mental health breakdowns on my street are now have somewhere to go." Um, so, I mean, you know, if 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 the status quo is what is making you concerned about this
1: being in your neighborhood, like, I have questions, right? Well, I think, the, and the other thing on this is that you know, the Chronicle did a long feature about how difficult it is to build a navigation center, mm-hmm. right? And, and if you think about navigation center and our current real estate market, it is quite difficult. Correct. Uh, spaces are too big or they're too small or mm-hmm. too too expensive, or they don't have the right location. They're not structured correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a dozen reasons why you can't just take a closed movie theater and make mm-hmm. it a navigation center. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't like, you know, uh, infrastructure, the built environment just doesn't work like that. So you, we've identified a navigation center site. See mm-hmm. wall lot Three Three Thirty, mm-hmm. that is appropriately sized and has the right location and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we run into a whole another series of challenges, and I think mm-hmm. that's what's very frustrating about the whole, the whole mm-hmm. situation. So one of the, I think one of the more interesting objections that people have
0: is that this would kind of create an induced demand issue, for, um, for homeless services. Like home, they they think that homeless people will come, will flock from all over the city to come to this navigation center. And so Supervisor Haney, I think, had a a very clever political solution for this which is he has made his support for it conditional not just like on like additional security and and um, vetting procedures but also uh, he wants to see one other district that doesn't have a navigation center open one because currently the you know the vast majority of you know not just affordable housing but support services for the homeless are in district six nine and ten Um, So, you know, Soma, the mission, and
1: the Bayview. So, this is, you know... Yeah, this is a very interesting I have, Trump card. I have, a, I have a question about that, which is like, it's either a very clever way of building two navigation centers or a very clever way of making sure that no navigation center gets built in the first place. That's correct. Right? That's correct. Like, if his if, if his impetus is like, if District 2 doesn't build a navigation center, then I will not build a navigation center. Well, then great. None of us are building navigation centers, probably. Right. In that scenario, right? Politically right. in that scenario, That's a great way to kill it.
0: Right. And on the record, Matt Haney has said, you know, I'm pretty sure someone else will be able to to get a navigation center proposed. so, you know, the, like Matt Haney, I think had uh, like, whether or not you think this is a viable solution, he has put himself on the spot where he, whether he wants to or not, I think <laughs> is, is now accountable for that second navigation center that hasn't right, yet been proposed. Right, right. Cause he is saying, well, right. that is going to happen. Right. So we are, we are putting the impetus on him. We are, but yeah. his statements, I think are hard to construe <laughs> any other way. Um, uh, yeah, you know, you'll see the article come out next week. But it, I, I really, you know, like if if this gives him an out, um, he he, his own words would make him look bad.
1: That's great. Um, so if you if if a second if two navigation centers don't get built, right? Remember, it was Supervisor Matt Haney. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. And if two navigation centers do get built. It, Remember, was it was Supervisor Matt It Supervisor Matt Either way,
0: either way, <laughs> yeah, go yeah, back yeah. to Matt. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. Go back to Matt. Um, all right, well, I think it's time for final thoughts.
1: What have you got for us, Jay? Sure. Uh, you know, I think two, uh, You know, usually the final thoughts aren't political, but I've decided this year, th- this week, we're going to make it political. Okay. You know, two interesting appointments happened uh, this week from Mayor London Breed's office, mm-hmm. uh, and they were interesting in almost how uninteresting they were. Right, or how uninterested people were the first one was a public defender mm-hmm. and this is uh, Mano Raju mm-hmm. who is a, a veteran of the public defender's office mm-hmm. uh, has uh, apparently is a, a, a great trial lawyer mm-hmm. um, has uh, was appointed by Mayor London Breed mm-hmm. Uh Matt Gonzalez is a huge Matt fan. Matt Gonzalez is a huge fan, apparently. It sounds like Matt Gonzalez is going to... Who would have otherwise run, probably, in mm-hmm. opposition to an appointment, has decided that not only will he not run in opposition, he will support this mm-hmm. appointment, and he will probably keep his job as chief attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and other appointment that happened this week was uh, Janine Nicholson as uh-huh. the new San Francisco fire chief. Mm-hmm. And again, you see uh, a department head... A department head that is a 25-year-old veteran, 25-year veteran Mm -hmm. of the department, has strong relationships with the rank and file, Mm -hmm. was the choice of the Firefighters Union, Mm. uh, is the first openly gay fire chief, Mm -hmm. is the second woman to hold the position. Mm -hmm. And so both of these come off as kind of very uh, easy for lack of a better word, like easy appointments, mm-hmm. right? And no brainers. No brainers. They settle the dust right. for November. Mm-hmm. And I think in both of those they're very that's that's a smart move for the mayor to make. Mm-hmm but also I thought it was really interesting usually at these uh, usually at these uh, appointment ceremonies Mm -hmm. you can tell how big of a deal or how controversial they are by how many people show up Mm -hmm. and for Mano Raju's no one showed up for like the first 15 minutes Mm -hmm. it was like completely empty Mm -hmm. and slowly people filed in and Mm -hmm. you know maybe that was a good or bad, then you can kind of construe that either way. But mm-hmm. either way, it kind of showed how non-controversial the appointment was. Mm-hmm. For the fire chief appointment, I think only I only saw one supervisor show up mm. for the fire chief appointment. Not Aaron Peskin, I'm assuming. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But another way to construe it is that it's a very, it's kind of a very common sense appointment that isn't breeding controversy. People aren't fighting about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, you know, congratulations uh, to both of these two individuals mm-hmm. uh, and congratulations to the, for the mayor's office frankly for making uh, smart choices on their mm-hmm. appointments this mm-hmm. week well, damn, I wish we had a reversed
0: order because I mine is kind of more of a negative Nancy final thought. But um, I also made it political. Okay. So um, uh, our tenant triumvirate is back. Folks might remember from um, the, the fight for just cause and rent control. That was Richard Bloom,
1: David Chu, Rambanta. Banta. Um, correct. Okay.
0: Um, so are the three assembly members, um, East Bay, West Bay, and Santa Monica, who are pushing for, for uh, stronger tenants' rights. Did you just bills. call us West Bay? I did. Mm. I'm sticking with that. Not okay. <laughs> not okay. That's not okay. Um, anyway, so Rob Bonta has just caused... David Chu has an anti-gouging rent cap. Um, and David Bloom... Uh, sorry, Richard Bloom has um, an amendments to the Costa-Hawkins uh, Act. Um, and As uh, folks might recall, his, his previous bill to simply repeal the Costa-Hawkins Act um, died in its first committee hearing... Um, and, it, you know, the, the thought was that um, tenant advocates um, kind of expected to lose that one in order to put all their weight behind Prop 10, which got crushed, crushed. annihilated.
1: Destroyed. So
0: my final thought um, was spurred by—so uh, L.A. Times reporter Liam Dillon reported that um, the uh, AIDS Healthcare Foundation lobbyist um, said they were thinking about a 2020 ballot measure.
1: For— prop 10. Some like the redux yeah, of yeah. Costa Hawkins, which is the
0: stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like okay, if you're if you're in the tenant advocacy world, why the fuck are you still talking to Michael Weinstein's people? You better not be, right? But if if you know if the gambit is going to be repeated like oh you know you can you can sleep on this legislation you can sleep in on the legislative session because you can just do another ballot measure in 2020 like what the fuck is wrong with you right like you can have better rent control than we have now in january 2020 if this bill passes and governor newsom signs it or you can like bet all your cards on november 2020 for like all or nothing and based on prop tens results probably get nothing probably get nothing right so I my, look like Michael Weinstein is one of the worst people in California politics this is an uncontroversial fact if well, you if you're putting your cards in this <laughs> maybe like, not the
1: worst person but he's not the most successful person how about that no
0: he's not very successful he's not very scrupulous and and like you know he, he pissed off a lot of his own allies it was some of the reports going around so like, you know, if you're willing to let Michael Weinstein set the tenant's right movement back again after a, a double-digit margin failure, I, I have no words. I just I have no words for what that mindset is. I just
1: like there's no defense for I, it. <laughs> I will say broadly, like usually when you suffer a double-digit loss mm-hmm. across the state. In a relatively high ballot turnout year, right, yeah. a relatively t- robust turnout year, you go back and rethink your, you know, it seems right. like a different angle or a different strategy would be needed to take this fight, like to take on right. this debate, right? Like perhaps
0: this, the state legislature,
1: right? Or you seek like a, a grand compromise, something right. like the Casa Compact, right? Right. Or a broad, a broad vision, right? Or A new broad vision, right? Um, but to just redux the last.